It is a little bit like an Agatha Christie mystery. I was tucked into bed just like Beaver and Leave it to Beaver. Everything perfect on my bed, lying there, clean, dressed, and every magazine was gone. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. When I first started my recovery 11 years ago, I struggled through the textbook-like material on the subject. I wanted to make the addiction and the recovery from it accessible and relatable to more people by telling it in an entertaining way. Well, I'm super excited to announce I've released my first book, Secret Life of a Hollywood Sex and Love Addict. If I can help just one person find a solution or at least realize they're not broken or alone, then writing this has been worth it. You can pick up the book exclusively at Amazon or signed copy at secretlifenovel.com. And the best way to support our podcast is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or rating on Apple Podcasts yet, please do. It'll help more people find our show. And if you want to be a guest, shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets we probably want to take to our grave? Or those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Spencer. Now, Spencer, I have a question for you. Dun, dun, dun. What is your secret? My secret? Well, I want to start by saying that I'm I'm 59 years old and I'm gay, and that, and that is important for this scenario. Um, and for years, people being gay have asked me, you know, especially younger friends, mm-hmm. how did you come out? You know, there's usually a story and it often involves people painfully sitting down with their parents, or it could involve something that happens with a guidance counselor at school, or it could be much more, um, you know, there's just a lot of different varieties I've heard over yeah. the years and they're painful ones as well, of course. However, if you go back in time, <laughs> to take- 19- Take yourself way back in time. <laughs> if you go back in time, and let the year is 1979, and mm-hmm. and growing up in a sort of leafy, green, conservative, uh, well-heeled kind of suburb of New York, you know, gay wasn't, I don't know if I was innocent, or I don't know if my parents made us that, whatever, but gay wasn't something that was really an option or discussed. Right. And so my funny coming out story, and it's funny and not funny and a little lurid for your guests, for your um, listeners, is first of all, I want to say how I felt at the time. I wasn't gay in 1979. Let's be... Okay, but what do you mean by that? You weren't gay. What I mean is I was gay, of course, but I certainly didn't um, recognize that and wouldn't have. And if, if it was a subconscious thing, perhaps, but literally, if someone had asked me in 1979, I would have been, what are you crazy? Okay. So that, that wait, 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 that is so fascinating to me that you never had an inkling at all. I don't know. Inkling. I, there was probably something. Well, w- the story will reveal some of the issues here, which mm. some of your listeners may relate to, but I certainly 
um, officially and consciously and whatever would have been a straight guy dating women and this, that, or the other thing. However, I had a weird secret. And my weird secret was, drum roll, despite that lovely little straight boy living in this wonderful little town and wonderful family, like almost like Leave it to Beaver, I discovered in Paris pornography. Pornography. Now, this is long before all the stuff today on internet and this, that, and the other thing. It just didn't exist then, of course. So you have to go back in time. If you wanted to, if you were curious about sex in my environment that I grew up in, well, that would have been magazines. Yeah. And I discovered magazines with naked men in them in Paris. And I started, not again, not like with any purpose, but I started to collect them and I got quite a collection going. And then when I came back to the United States, it took a lot of work because it wasn't like you just ran down to a magazine shop and bought these. I had to like get in a car with my new license and drive (laughs) into the depths of um, the boroughs of New York, Brooklyn and Queens and find these little dirty magazine stores. And I would get some women, some girly magazines too, but I always managed to pick up some of these guy magazines. All right. So did you have a, like a closet, like a secret closet? Where'd you put the magazines? Well, here, you're, you're, you're so good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. My fault. <laughs> so imagine coming home with suitcases and or stashes of these magazines over some time, maybe over a couple of years. And what I did, it's amazing how clever teenagers are. I cut a small um, eight inch, say, slice in my box, box spring of my bed. And I... S- stored all my magazines in the box spring. Okay, so. Crafty. Out of all the places, I wouldn't have chose the box spring of your mattress. Well, because it just never, I made my own bed. All us kids had to do that. And you never got into a box spring, even if someone else made the bed. So Mm -hmm. it was sort of safe. And I had all these magazines tucked in there. Okay, one day. Now here's here's the coming out part of this. Because again, like I'm not gay. I mean, I, I know your listeners are laughing, but in 1979, even though I collected these magazines, I wasn't gay. Let's just you were not gay. Me. Yes, we. Okay, you we were that. not gay. We got. I was that. not gay. However, <laughs> however, there was one evening I came back from New York. I was probably 18 or nine. I think 19. Too late to be this conflicted. But anyway, I came back from New York. I was a little drunk, like teenagers sometimes get. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have an orgy party for one here in my bedroom with all, <laughs> with all of my magazines. So I got out. I never had them out all at one time. Now, there's quite a lot. Now I got them out. Mm-hmm. I put them at, you know, up around on my shelves. I put them on my dresser drawers. I put them on the end of my bed. They were on the, to the right of me. They were on the left of me. Oh my God, picture, I'm dying. Picture 80 me? magazines. I couldn't have been, this could have been a more exciting scenario, right? Right. And <laughs> there they all were right in front of me. And we're here, we're involved in orgy for one. Next thing I remember, okay, was and I, by the way, picture, you have to sort of picture this, what that would have looked like. Okay. Sorry for the listeners, but picture <laughs> no, that. I'm I, picturing I, it. It's amazing. At it's least very I, at inventive. Least, at least I was very cute then back in those days. So at least it wasn't, you know, but there I was. Um, and the next thing I remember, I woke up. What? Why well, I'd fallen asleep. <laughs> I woke up and here's my coming out thing. 
I was tucked into bed, just like Beaver and Leave it to Beaver. Everything perfect on my bed. The bed, you know, the bed sheets and the coverlet rolled down perfectly, lying there, clean, dressed, and every magazine was gone from that room. And once I came to, I panicked because I didn't dream that I what I'd done. I knew what I'd done and, and looked in the box spring to make sure I wasn't crazy. Nothing there. Every magazine was gone. And to this day, I have no idea who took those magazines, what happened to them. I know. <laughs> or where they ended up and there were only you know there was only six people in in other than me in the house at the time that would be my mother my father two younger brothers a younger sister and a housekeeper and do you know all these years later we're talking 40 years later i still don't know what happened that day and it's a great haunting coming out story (laughs) (laughs) wait you never even had a conversation with anybody in the house Here's the thing that I want to relate, and, and I think some listeners may may get this and maybe some others won't. There was not a lot of communication. There wasn't so much communication between parents and kids back in my era, and I don't think I was that atypical. I mean, some families did more than others, but we had a, we communicated, but it wasn't, you know, you just sort of got up, went to school, got good grades, dinner was every night at the same time, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, and I've heard that from other people I've interviewed. It was just kids were seen and not heard and you didn't like sit down and have conversations with your family about feelings and what's going on really at school and things like that. Really, truly not. It's one of the great differences. I think when I talk to younger people about, and you can't say it's in every family, but, and I had a perfectly lovely family, but there just wasn't that kind of communication. Right. Probably even less in previous generations. So in any case, Um, At that time, whoever it was that walked into my room and saw that, it would have looked like a murder scene to them. (laughs) Totally. Totally. I can't imagine. I don't want to like get the visual too graphic for your your audience. Oh, they've heard it all. Don't even worry about my listeners. If you picture 80 magazines on end and all around a room of men, naked men. Naked men. I mean... It would have been the one of the worst things ever. So flash forward to now, there's no problem with anyone in my family, including my 80-year-old parents, 80-something-year-old parents, talking about these issues 40 years later, or gay or this or that. But I do think back then, whatever happened would have been such a shock. And it was almost <laughs> like, like um, we're all fine with it now, son, but this is your punishment for back then or whoever took them, I still don't know. Um, and, and it's something that just literally I couldn't even bring up today, which is interesting, isn't it? That's so interesting. You couldn't even ask today when you're obviously your parents know and everybody knows that you are gay. You still can't go, hey, who took those magazines? Like, <laughs> I, I could... I could, but I have a feeling, Mm -hmm. depending on who it was, they wouldn't want to talk about it because it's not just the shame sometimes isn't just, it's not the gay thing. I think most people are in my life and my family are fine with that. Mm -hmm. But when you mix in all that pornography and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I guess when you're saying that, if I walked into a room and someone had that many magazines, straight or gay, whatever, it would be shocking to me. I'd be like, whoa. (laughs) I think they wouldn't, still wouldn't approve of that. So uh, my family is rather conservative. So it's almost like I don't want to ever bring it up, but I could, but I feel like it's just some kind of an early little 
punishment. <laughs> and I just live with it. Um, although at the time, I have to say, I was haunted by that scenario for years. I know. But here, can you just explain to us the moment you're like going downstairs to breakfast after that night and looking at, did you like try to decipher who it was? Like looking at them, who's looking at me funny? I did. What I, I don't remember, what I do remember doing in a panic. And again, I this is something that people can relate to when you have a panic situation. That was a true panic situation where I do remember somehow without people having to sneak, going out and looking in all the garbage cans. Then I drove downtown in this suburb we lived in Mm -hmm. where all the um, trash bins were behind all the stores because I knew all those magazines had to be dumped somewhere. And I wanted, it's not like I was looking for them to have them. I was looking for them to try to figure out and have closure on what happened. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, does it? But I had to find those magazines and I could, that's a lot of stuff to get rid of. Um, and I couldn't, I never did, could find them. So I don't know what happened to them. They weren't obviously in the house. I would have found them. They were taken away from the house and dumped somewhere. <laughs> it, I'm like, I'm like jonesing to know who it is. I'm like, I, I'm like begging you to please ask <laughs> so you can come back on and tell us how it went, how your conversation went with them. Well, everyone's still alive um, <laughs> and except for the housekeeper. And um, it is a little bit like an Agatha Christie mystery, if you want to yes. have fun with it. Like, who were the six people? Who do we have? And what would be the motives for doing it? I, I don't think it was the housekeeper because I think she was, she was a very religious, older woman. And I think she would have told my mother, um, or maybe she did, um, but then my mother never said anything. Uh, but I don't know, you know? Well, who comes into your room at night? You're like, I don't know, Brienne. Stop asking me. <laughs> there are all these questions I can't, you know, because I was home late and because I woke up late, it wouldn't have been, first of all, my bedroom was on the first floor. Um, and so there was a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. I had an odd bedroom that had been changed from a sort of library study into a bedroom. So I wasn't, and I think I just slept in too late and somebody, no doubt, but I, I really don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Somebody this is like to, the mystery of the year right now. 1979. 79. Coming out. And then after that, well, anyway, after that, I do feel like I had to come to grips with the gay thing. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever have an official conversation with your parents or did you just kind of go into your truth? Another thing that people, it, it goes along with this. It's so funny. There was never that. It just oozed out over time. Mm. Um, But I will say that after that incident, what I didn't do was I didn't sit down and have a conversation about it like people do, maybe more mature people. (laughs) I, I just, but I didn't hide anything after that. I think that was my takeaway. I simply lived my life I would even have people I was dating guys over, you know, or to a concert and my family would meet them. I didn't. And so they just sort of accepted it. And I accepted myself, but it wouldn't have gone over well to sit down thing in my family anyway. It just, mm. we, don't, we, we sort of try to, we're very waspy kind of thing. We try to avoid that kind of drama at all costs. <laughs> well, that actually is very beautiful that you just like let that part of you come out after that's mur- I always think of it as like a murder mystery 
we don't know who it was. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll murdered be- your 80 porn magazines. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll be inspired to reinvestigate. Um, <laughs> you should. I, I, I have a feeling if I if it were my siblings, they would own up to it. I have a funny feeling my 82-year-old mother, who's wonderful in her old age, maybe I like her and respect her now more than I did when I was a teenager. I have a feeling even if I asked her and she did it, she wouldn't admit it. So, <sighs> um, Yeah. Well, I always like to attach these kind of secrets to the seven deadly sins. So let's just go back to 1979 during that episode. Um, we have pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, and sloth. When Do any of these tie to that moment? I was definitely lust as a horny little guy, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yes, you, know, you were. Why do I have to have 80 magazines to look at? I mean, you know, it's really just over. That's, and maybe gluttony. Should gluttony. Go I was about to say gluttony. <laughs> Very piggy. I mean, that's part of the ugliness of it for whoever found it. It's like, what's wrong with one magazine, Spencer? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's making me. And who do you think benefited from keeping this secret and who did it harm? I think that's a very good question. I don't, I don't, I think there's some, I'm not so trendy and cool and modern that I think there isn't some beauty in denial. So, <laughs> a little old fashioned denial. So, I think things turned out okay. However, it was a weight on me for it's not anymore, obviously, I'm talking about it. It really has diminished over time. But it, for, for years, that was a weight on me. And so, um, I, I think it, it probably it would have been best to just own it early on. Well, here's my thing I would say too. It had to be a weight on you because you are. If you go back on Thanksgiving or Christmas and see your family, that has to be in the back of your head. It certainly was at that time. Yes. Yes. For sure. But you know what you do is you just learn to function, you know, just sort of act your way around stuff, don't you? Maybe that's a skill set that's that I learned at that at that period because I didn't uh, I didn't let it. It didn't it didn't make me not function. I still mm-hmm. I functioned. I knew I had to function. I did. Plus, you know, going off to college and all that helped for sure. So my last question for you, if anybody's going through this situation, you know, where they got caught red handed, they don't know who it was or they got caught red handed and they haven't said anything to the person. How would you advise them to move forward in the future? What would be your advice? I think that I will say one of the benefits about 20. well, let's forget 2020. We don't like this. (laughs) Terrible year. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it. But let's Mm -hmm. say one of the benefits of the current um, times is that there are resources, more resources, let's say, and more outlets. Um, I'm sure there's people that have much worse secrets and things that happen even today. But there are more resources. You know, you could go to a guidance counselor and talk about this kind of thing today and get advice. I certainly could not have done that in 1979 in my high school. Absolutely, you could not go to a guidance counselor. Maybe you could, but it wouldn't occur to you. You wouldn't dream of it. No, I wouldn't dream. Say, hey, guidance counselor, guess what happened to me this weekend? Like, I don't think I would even say that. So, you you know, and then there are all kinds of gay, you know, if you're talking about coming out, um, there are different groups and things that you can easily find on the internet today. So I would say seek those out and use them. They're great resources. They just weren't available in my era, um, or I would have probably 
you know, tried to find someone to talk to about it. I, I didn't have anyone to talk to. It's very lonely. Well, Spencer, thank you so much for coming on and sharing this story, but we are looking forward to you coming on next time and telling us how it went when you tried to solve the mystery. Maybe we can maybe we can get the whole family on at once and solve it together in real time. We should, we should definitely maybe over Thanksgiving. <laughs> we, we, that's a good idea cuz we're probably not I'm probably not going home this year. So, let's 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 keep that idea alive. Well, thank you so much. Honestly, that was so funny. I needed that today. I enjoyed divulging one of my great secrets for you. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to the show. Please subscribe, rate, share, or send me a note at secretlifepodcast.com. And if you like to check out my book, head over to secretlifenovel.com or Amazon to pick up a copy for yourself or someone you love. Thanks again. See you soon. Mm-hmm.